Okay, we're happy to uh, have Ian this morning for uh, Bible study. Uh, we're excited about uh, the uh, praise and worship uh, weekend and, and everything that's uh, going on, and we hope that uh, this will be a blessing to, to you all. And uh, So we're going to open up with prayer, and then I'll give it over to Ian. Father in heaven, as we come before you, we thank you again. We are living in a wonderful and beautiful country in which we can still worship your word in freedom. And we're thankful for that, Father. And we know that other countries, Father, that they're struggling. And uh, we're, very, we're very grateful, Father, that uh, you're blessing this country for a little longer so we can get this message out. At this time, Father, we're thankful that uh, Ian's here, and we just ask that you would bless this Bible study. We, uh, we look forward to it, and we know that your word is what the whole world is going to have to, to come to understand, and, 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 and eventually, Father, in the kingdom, they're going to have to, to be obedient to the commandments that are in that word. So at this time, we just turn this Bible study into your hands, and we just uh, thank you again that uh, you have blessed us so much. And at this time, we just thank you in all ways, in Jesus' name, amen. Ian? Greetings, it's wonderful to be here again in Tulsa. I've been here, I don't know how many times, it seems like several lifetimes I've been here, but you know, maybe I'm just getting old. Um, okay, this is, uh, this is, we call it a Bible study, but um, did I turn that on? Is it, I'm on, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I think I'm on. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this is uh, an unusual Bible study because uh, I've, I've crafted this so that um, I can learn a lot from you. All right? And you go, wait, wait, we came here to learn, you know. Okay, so the handouts that are being handed out um, start with question and answer. And down at the bottom of each question, it has a little place where it says, please write your answer here, which you don't have to. This is a multiple, uh, multiple choice. You can, uh, you can screw this up and throw it under the chair, but that wouldn't be nice because the janitor will have to come by later and fix that. Right? Or, or you can write on it, or you can, you can write your answers in, or you can circle scriptures you like, or the ones you don't like, put X's on it. You can do anything you want. This is, this is like a guideline to um, wet your whistle, or uh, let's see, in this country you say, um, to prime the pump, right? Um, so, all right, be, before we get serious in with this, um, I, I just, I love coming here be, because there's a wealth of history here. And, and I had a terrific history lesson this morning at breakfast and again last night, and oh, it's just great. Asking people, how'd you get here? <laughs> it's amazing how people got here. You know. Okay, uh, let me see a show of hands of those who have been associated or learning about or aware of the truth of God's Sabbath, the holy days, God's true truth, not the Easter truth, the true truth, right, for like around 70 years. Anybody, anybody here? About 70 years? Okay. 70? Okay, okay. How about, about 60 years? Anybody? Okay, 60, 60. Um, if, if there's a good mathematician in the room, would, would you do like some addition for us? That's three, it's, okay, 60 again. One, two, three, okay, three. There's a maybe there. Okay, there's four. Okay, so there's four, maybe around 60. Okay, about 50 years. Okay, so add those up for us. There's one wave in the back there. Um, okay, about 40 years. Okay, it, who's the designated calculator, by the way? <laughs> Anybody volunteer for that? All right, um, 30 years. 30 years is a long time. 30 years, okay. 20 years, okay, okay. So, anybody want to guess at how many years that is of, of church knowledge? I didn't do the calculation, so I was trusting some clever person here to... Um, so, a couple of hundred, two, three hundred maybe, right? Because I'm 50 all by myself, right? That's not how old I am. That's 50 years. You know, so so I'm, I've got delegates in the race, you know. So, so we could be talking 500, right? 
if we'd have done this seriously. Okay, um, what I forgot to do was ask what time the trap door opens, so um, I'll just keep talking until the last person walks out the door, and then when the room is empty, then the Bible study is over, right? No, okay, we, so we should, what, what should we quit at, like, what time? I don't wear a watch anymore, I've given up on time. Okay, 11.30. We'll aim, aim for 11.30 and then see what happens to us. All right, so the first question is, <clears throat> how does the tribulation end? And I gave you a few prompting questions just in case you're sitting there and you're going, um, I don't know. Right. So anybody want to offer, how does the tribulation end? The return of Christ, yeah. I mean, the big event, the, the, the scrolling back of the sky. I can't wait for that. I hope, <laughs> I hope I'm not in a prison cell where you can't see the sky. But, you know, when, when that, scroll, that sky scrolls back and, the, and you see the face of him sitting on the throne and the face of the Lamb of God riding his horse, you know, starting to ride down through the sky. That's it. That's, that's it. Okay, what else happens at the end of the tribulation? Anybody? Yes? Uh, okay, yeah, just, just as the tribulation is, yeah, yeah, heavenly signs. Okay. So, so can you see the sun on, on the return of Christ? At the return of Christ, can you see the sun? Yes, anybody for no? No, no, okay. Be because it, one, of, one of the scriptures says the sun and the moon will be darkened. And, and just a second, coming there, next. Um, as the earth rolls towards, rotates towards the east, each morning if you go out early enough, oh, tomorrow's morning, just go out early enough and watch the sun come up over the run. Okay, that's Easter sunrise and not, probably not many of you are doing that tomorrow. <laughs> Right? But, but the glare comes out of the east. The, the earth rolls towards the east and the glare of the sun rising comes out of the east. And, and Christ is coming back in that fashion. And so if the sun was fully bright, he and the sun would be in, in uh, competition. But it says the sun will be darkened, so, so the sun on that morning will be the sun. S-O-N, son of God. be awesome. Okay, um, yes. Satan will be bound. Uh, yeah. That might even be the... That might happen on the Day of Atonement. I don't know. But that might even be the last official act. And Day of Atonement's the 10th of the month and then comes a um, couple of days and the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. And guess who's going out to speak to the crowd? Our greatest speaker, Jesus. Who's... <laughs> Who's going to make the world great again? <laughs> it was great when Adam was when Adam was fashioned and he stood up. The world was great, <laughs> and it's gone downhill since then. Okay, any other comments on uh, on how the tribulation ends? All right, so you've got you've got a few uh, things there. Uh, Battle of Armageddon. Um, every every island flees away, and every mountain shall not be found. If you want to climb Mount Everest, I suggest you do it now or soon because it may not be there. And why would, why would all the mountains disappear? Anybody? Okay, earthquake, what? More property, more arable land to grow crops, uh, less divisions between nations. If you look at the world map, nation, nations are separated generally by mountain ranges. Yes. Do you want any, do you want any, us to ask any questions? Yeah, yeah, sure. You can ask questions. Okay. Lawrence can answer them. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> the mountains are going to be no more. And it's going to, isn't it going to take a while for those things to be usable for crop growing or growing any kind of a, to me, I mean, I, to me, that's going to have, you knock a mountain down, it's not going to be any type of material that you, you can, grow any crops or anything to live on. I mean, that's the way it comes through yeah. to me. You, well, you, the, really, you the, really see the majority of the, of, the, of the islands in the ocean being no more? 
Four-fifths of the world's surface is ocean. Okay. And we can't grow anything there, right. or, or very little. You know, and, and the population of planet Earth, around 7 billion right now, is going to diminish dramatically in the next few years to maybe a tenth of what it is today. And, and so small number of people will need to be fed immediately. And Europe, Europe will pretty much be intact. You, uh, Jerusalem cannot be nuked because Jesus is coming to Jerusalem. And there will be people living in Jerusalem. So, so there won't be radioactive Jerusalem. So, Do you see a nuclear war? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The Gatling gun, when it was first invented, and it was like the, you know, the great weapon, was anybody going to use it? Oh, yeah. You know, the atomic bomb, was anybody going to use it? Yeah. Uh, you know, we've, we've developed weapons, and when the time is right, we use them. Yes? Um, at the end of the tribulation? I say yes. All those for yes? Anybody? We got two yeses, three yeses? Okay, all those for no. The temple, the, the holy, okay, there's a no, a no. Okay, so we could discuss that for quite a while. All right, so uh, let's move on, otherwise we'll never get finished. Um, next question is, how much time passes during the tribulation? It's a pretty easy one. Okay, we've got three and a half years, we've got seven. Anybody going for seven? Seven, seven, seven. Do we have seven? We don't have a seven here. That's good. Because <laughs> I can't figure out the seven. It's, it's like people say, well, over there in Daniel, you know, 70, 70 weeks and cut off in half the week. And it's like, I still don't see a seven-year tribulation. I just don't see it. I see a three and a half year. And let's see, I think I gave you some, uh, I gave you some scriptures there. Times, time and, time and a half. Um, 1,290 days, which is 30 days longer than three and a half years. Um, tread the holy city, 42 months, three and a half years. Um, the beast power is given authority for 42 months, three and a half years. So, okay, we're, boy, we are all together on that one. All right, what are the big events? What are some of the big events during the tribulation? Do what? Okay, give me one. Give me a big event. You mean all in Revelation, what is, what is dealt with, and the woes that's going to come upon the people? No, I don't know. Okay. It might be there in Matthew 24. Okay, let's, let's, yeah, yeah, a woe. Okay, we're going to have some woes. Um, let's have some, what's some specific, specific events in the, during tribulation? Jerusalem will fall to the Gentiles. Jerusalem will fall to the Gentiles and be trodden underfoot for three and a half years. Yes. I don't think we lay eyes on Christ until the end of the tribulation. Um, I'm sorry? Yeah, but, but, but the appearing of Christ first, the riding of the white horses with the angels down to the clouds, the meeting in the clouds, the rising. I love the rapture people. They, they use one verse and ignore the verse in front of it. It says... And, and um, they shall, uh, let's see, rise. They will rise to meet Christ in the air, in the clouds. And uh, with them is in that verse. And you go, with them? Who's with them? Well, the with them is answered by the verse in front of it. The dead in Christ. Oh, well, who's that? Because everybody went to heaven or everybody went to hell. There are no dead in Christ. It's like there's, there's mass confusion in theological land. And people who read the same Bibles as we read, it's like, ah, uh, yeah, the resurrection tomorrow morning. The resurrection. The only resurrection we want to think about or talk about is Christ is risen. He got resurrected. It's like, well, then what's the first resurrection and the second resurrection? It's like, ah, uh, oh, don't worry about that. We're going to heaven. <laughs> oh, and I talked to a guy the other day. He was in... He was in a Bible study with us, Baptist minister. <laughs> Anyhow, um, we were discussing things, and he said, uh, he, I said, so uh, what will Christians be doing during the tribulation? And he said, well, I won't even be here. I'll be raptured. And, and then, uh, oh, I've forgotten the other part of it. I'm getting old and forgetting things. 
But, but then a few minutes later, he said something that showed that Christians would be there. And it's like, okay, so which is it? Are you going to be gone? Or are you going to be there? Which, yeah, but confusion and confusion, you know. Um, okay, so some other big events during the tribulation. I'm sorry, the plagues? Uh, yeah, yeah, because just before the Battle of Armageddon, Zechariah 14, we have the seven last plagues, and the battle is the seventh plague. It is done, right? Um, the sixth plague, I love it. What kind of a plague is it where you dry up a river? Well, that doesn't seem like a very serious plague. You know, come on. You just dried up a river. So what? Well, it's like, oh, you people are having trouble driving your tanks and your armored trucks and your howitzers and, and all your field equipment, getting all your soldiers across the river Euphrates because there's only a few bridges and we keep blowing them up, right? <laughs> so, so God says, sixth plague, a dry river Euphrates so everybody can cross the river quickly. Come on down to Jerusalem. Valley of, let's see, Valley of Jehoshaphat, which, which you don't see on very many maps anymore, but I believe it's the side of Jerusalem, on one, one of the valleys on the side of Jerusalem. And one of the names for the Battle of Armageddon is, uh, is the Battle of the Valley of Decision, the Valley of, the valley of Jehoshaphat. Um, and, and so that's Plague 6, is dry up the Euphrates River. And then the other five plagues occur um, shortly after Christ sets his feet on the Mount of Olives, splits the Mount of Olives. Um, this, this has got to be one of the funniest things. I wish we could <laughs> somebody make a movie of this before it happens. But, but as Christ and the angels are riding down through the sky, it's like the beast power, you know, they're not showing up on radar. <laughs> That's a problem. You know, but every, every eye will see them. It's like, Look! Looks like white horses are riding down from the sky. And, and people will go, we're being invaded by aliens. That's what it is. Fire rockets at them. Get the jets, scramble the jets. Fire some rockets at these things and destroy them. Like uh, fourth, into, let's see, Independence Day. How many of you saw the movie, Independence Day? See? All we need is a laptop computer and we can defeat those aliens. Right? Yeah, I, you know, I can only just vaguely guess at the, all these vast numbers of white horse angelic beings and Christ leading them come down to the clouds and then Jesus sends the angels out around the world. Will that be visible or is that spiritual? You don't see that. Do you see that or not see that? You probably will see that. That'll be exciting, right? Angels traveling around the world. And then people coming out of the graves, which is symbolic, you know, because there's not much... Those who've died, there's not much left of them in the graves, but it's symbolic, yeah. Well, don't, you, don't you feel whenever he's returned, the, the earth is just basically total chaos? If it's been nuked all over the earth, don't, how can it be anything other than somewhat basically just chaos? You were talking about shooting missiles at them. If, I don't know whether, is there going to be that much even missiles? armament left to do anything like that? Okay, the last battle for, okay, the battle before the Battle of Armageddon is the 200 million man army, horsemen. 200, how do we know it's 200 million? Because somebody whispered in John's ear and it said, they told me there's 200 million horsemen, right, who go out to kill one third of mankind. So, we, you know, the way we kill a lot of people is through nukes. But, but by that time, the beast power will be establishing its world dominance and it will round up 200 million. Count them. That's what, that's what the book says. And they will go out to kill a third of what's left of the population of planet Earth. Right? Now, that is not nuclear war. You don't, you don't use horsemen. You don't, how many nukes do you need? You don't need 200 million nukes, right? So, so they've learned the lesson from nuclear war, 
We've only, we've only detonated, in wartime, we've only detonated two atomic bombs, little firecrackers, compared to a hydrogen bomb, compared to nukes, multiple nukes. You know, so, so when the nuclear war occurs, we are going to learn that we are in jeopardy of destroying the planet. All right, so, so the last battle before the Battle of Armageddon, 200 million horsemen go out to kill a third of mankind. And once that happens, then the beast power, it can be said of the beast power, who can make war with the beast? Because he just sent 200 million man horsemen out and he just killed a third of mankind. So he's the great victorious military leader, right? And he's probably going to promise the fourth Reich. Anybody know what a Reich is? Anybody studied World War II history? Reich means a thousand years of peace. Right? Doesn't Pax Romana, doesn't that, doesn't that mean you know, the, the empire's peace? Well, you know, and then so, so things will be settling down. People will be eating. If you're a beast powers person, you'll have the mark of the beast. You'll be worshipping the beast. You'll be able to buy and sell. And, and life will be getting back to normal because there's one world ruling government and one world ruling military. And, and life is going to get back to normal, and we're going we're gonna to live happily on planet Earth until, oh no, the sky scrolls back. <laughs> and we get invaded by aliens riding white horses. Can you believe it? Anyhow, so, <coughs> I mean, uh, we, we're in for some unbelievable stuff, and we're already seeing unbelievable stuff. We just are. They're, they're crucifying people in the Middle East. How barbaric, how horrible, you know. And, and you're not seeing most of it. You, you kind of have to listen to... You have to read a book that somebody went over there and they ask a lot of questions. And I heard this morning on the radio, one lady told the story of, of when the ISIS people came, they crucified her husband on the front door of their house. You know, and we, we've heard of the cutting off of heads on video, on camera. We've seen the, the setting on fire of the pilot in the cage. Um, you know, the marching of the people down to the beach. We've seen the, the guy with the knife pointing to Rome and telling the, Rome, the Pope, we're coming, right? And in their manuals, in ISIS's manuals, one of their goals is to behead the Pope in Vatican Square. That's the plan. That's what they want to do. And so, you know, but that's ISIS. Can I ask yeah. Another? Okay, here, here in uh, Revelation 20, verse 7, it says, Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to, to gather them together to battle, whose numbers is as the sand of the sea. Don't you look, look forward, I mean, refer that to what you was talking about, that it's the 200, 200. Okay, Steve. You don't think that's weird. There's, there's a Bible study for you in the future, <laughs> right? Because all we're doing, all we're doing today, and we're not going to do it very well because it's too big. All we're going to do today is the, the tribulation, how it ends, the time span, the big events during the tribulation, and a little bit of what happens before the tribulation. And then, and then when the tribulation ends, we begin the thousand years of Christ ruling the planet. And, and you're at the other end of that. And okay, I'm, this is referring to, that's when the 200, 200 million? Yeah, I don't think so. The two, the two okay, it's the sixth woe. It's... It's the sixth trumpet. Christ comes at the seventh trumpet. The 200 million manning army is the sixth trumpet. And the millennium doesn't start until after the seventh trumpet and the seven last plagues. Question back there. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, two witnesses. Two witnesses. <clears throat> okay, how many of you ever saw Herbert or Ted Armstrong do a public miracle? Anybody? Okay, I'm not saying they weren't involved in miracles. I'm just saying they never went on TV and said, fire down from heaven, right? Okay, two witnesses get respect. Very few people on the planet today get any respect. But the two witnesses, God has arranged it so that as the sharpshooters and the SWAT teams and the, what do you call those guys? The, anyhow, the, you know, as, as people try to kill the two witnesses, Fire comes out of their mouth, whatever that means, right? And it kills them. Now, how many times do you suppose that has to happen before the governments of the world realize it's insanity to keep on trying to kill them, right? But it'll be on global worldwide TV. 
It'd be like, you know, I mean, we just saw Belgium, the airport in Belgium, didn't we? All of you saw that on TV, right? So, so when the two witnesses are attacked by a SWAT team, and the SWAT team dies, remember Elijah, if I be man of God, let fire come down from heaven, 50 people dead. <laughs> King says, send another 50. Second 50 come, if I be man of God, let fire come, out, come down from heaven, another 50 dead. And if you read the text real close, he would have done it a third time. But just as, just as the third guy finished talking, somebody whispered in Elijah's ear, uh, why don't you go with them? <laughs> but anyhow, the two witnesses get an immense amount of respect. Then they preach this gospel into all the world. This gospel. What gospel? Saturday Sabbath gospel. Holy Day gospel. Truth of God gospel. Into all the world. They cannot be stopped. They're on global TV. Just like, like Donald Trump is on global TV almost every day. It's like there's almost a day doesn't go by when he doesn't think of something crazy to say and suddenly all the news people in the world, he just said, oh, that's got to be the end of his thing. And it just builds him stronger, you know. So back, you know, back to the two witnesses. So then they do miracles. Unfriendly miracles, true. And that's why they get hated by all the world. Unfriendly, you know, droughts. <laughs> you know, typical, typical Old Testament miracles. Right? So they can't be killed. Every time somebody tries to kill them, those people die. Right? They preach this gospel into all the world and, and they do public miracles. So do you suppose there'll be a lot of conversions to the truth of God? How many of you think a lot? Yeah. And in Daniel, it says those who, who understand will instruct many. Is that happening now? It's not happening now, is it? Not big many. Right? But, but when the two witnesses preach this gospel and say you should be in Saturday Sabbath you know, services, then people in Tulsa and Oklahoma City and around the world, they're going to go, um, shoot, these miracle-working godly men, you know, aliens maybe, inhabiting human bodies, whatever, <laughs> right? They say, the Bible says, Seventh-day Sabbath, you should be keeping the Sabbath. I need to go to Sabbath services. Where's the, I was going to say, where's the yellow pages? See, I'm a 19th century person, right? It's like, where's my cell phone? Google Sabbath services, seventh day Sabbath services, right? And do you suppose they'll find this place? You know, un under good circumstances? I don't know what it'll be like in America during the tribulation, I can't tell you that. But, but people will want to know, and those who understand God will instruct many, and, and we've got hundreds and hundreds of years worth of Sabbath-keeping knowledge here in this room. So is it going to be easy to explain to people what you, the, the major things you do on the Sabbath and the major things you don't do on the Sabbath? It's going to be easy. It's going to be really easy. It's, in this world, it's like people are crazy. They're all going out to keep, they're chasing Easter eggs. Oh, I heard on TV. Um, some crazy person was interviewed and they said Jesus laid the Easter eggs. She's, she was better than Donald Trump. Yeah, but, but it's like the interviewer just said, oh, interesting. <laughs> Anyhow, okay, so big events during the tribulation. All right, um, anybody think of any uh, other big events that we haven't mentioned yet? Okay, Satan has grant, uh, the beast power has made, granted war to make, to make war with the saints. Now, you know, we've, we've had it so cushy. <laughs> In, in this world and in the United States, cushy, cushy, cushy. It's great. Um, see, you're not even sitting on wooden benches anymore, right? <laughs> right? But, but the early saints had Roman soldiers roaming up and down the street. If you look sideways at a Roman soldier, he just might kill you on the spot and nobody would care. Right? And, and then Paul went out arresting people and killing people because they believed in Jesus. So, so in their world, Christianity grew like a weed when you, know, you could die at any time. And Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me daily. And in their day, when they heard those words, they saw crosses and they saw crucifixions almost every week. You know? and, and when he said, take up your cross, they said, I'm prepared to die for Christ. And it's because you know, the instant they died, when they woke up a second later in, in their estimation of time, where were they? at the end of the tribulation, rising to meet Christ in the air. 
Now, I, what, a question for you all is, how does Christ keep us all from talking ourselves silly, like we do at the Feast of Tabernacles, when we meet in the air? Right? I'm, I'm going to be looking for Lucille, meeting in the air, and Lawrence, and, and you know, it's like, and the hopes, I'm going to, I'm going to want to rush over, right, and hug, and say, ah, oh, I haven't seen you for 20 years, or whatever, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, how's Jesus going to go, hey, everybody, shh. We've got work to do. We have a war to take care of. You know, so it's going to be incredible. Um, all right, so we did who, who can make war with the beast. Okay, next question is how does the tribulation start? In general, that's... 100% accurate answer in general. But if you study Daniel very, very carefully, God's got such a good sense of humor. It's like in the chapter, chapter 12, God says to Daniel, put your pen away. The book is closed until the end of age. You know, and Daniel puts his quill down or whatever he's writing with, and he goes, but I don't understand. And then God gives him a vision. So he picks up his quill again. <laughs> and these two guys are standing on the side of the river, and one guy says, how long until the end of such and such and such? And the other guy says, it'll be until the power of the holy people is totally eliminated. It'll be 1,290 days. Right? And Daniel's going. <laughs> and then he said, put your pen down. Close the book until the end of the age. And he goes, but, but our Lord, I don't understand, you know. And then something else happens. He picks up his quill and he keeps writing. <laughs> it's like, and then finally you get down to the last verse and it says, Hey, Daniel, you're going to die. You're going to rest in the grave. And you're going to come up out of the grave in, in the end of time at the return of, you know, and, and it's, it's Old Testament language, so it doesn't mention Christ. But, but anyhow, it's like God's got a fabulous sense of humor. He just can't let us see it most of the time because nobody, nobody God takes God seriously. Nobody takes the Bible seriously. It's like, keep the seventh day Sabbath. Oh, he doesn't mean that. <laughs> no man has ascended into heaven. Oh, he doesn't mean that. Um, there is no ever-burning hellfire under the earth right now for where people are being tortured. Oh, he doesn't mean that. You know, so, so people are just, yeah. When the uh, sacrifices stop. Yeah, okay. Okay. On the same day, the sacrifices are stopped by the installation of the abomination, and, and most of us are given in English, of desolation. But in some verses it shows that the abomination causes the desolation. It's, it's the abominable thing that causes the desolation. So, on, and Jesus said... You know, and it's like, why did he put this in the Bible for 2,000 years worth of Christians to read? And then how many of you want to be in Jerusalem on the day of the abomination? <laughs> yeah, right. I don't want to be there. You know, I might be there. I might be dragged there. I don't know. I might be in prison there. I don't know. You know, but bottom line, I am not going to voluntarily go to Israel. Like, I'm not going to voluntarily go to Belgium or France. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. That thing, Europe is burning. Europe's in fire, in flames. World War II, three, you know, in my estimation, has already begun. But that's another story. Okay, so um, if you look closely, well, let me, let me finish that up. Um, okay, there's, there's three time periods given to Daniel, just as the book of Daniel closes. There's uh, 1,260 days, there's 1,290 days, and there's 1,335 days, I think. Right? Okay, so if you compare... The 1260 and the 1290, very, very closely with some out of um, Matthew 24, you'll see that <coughs> the abomination day is when, if you're in Jerusalem and you on your cell phone, right, or, <laughs> you know, is however you hear on your transistor radio, <laughs> however you hear the message, you are told by your Lord and Savior, Master Jesus Christ, go leave Jerusalem and leave Judea, 
the, the societal parts of Judea and flee into the mountains and there plan to live for the next three and a half years to be safe, to escape all these things that are going to come to pass during the tribulation. You know, why, would, why would he have you escape to the mountains to have you killed in the mountains when he could just have you killed in Jerusalem? Right? Or, or you know, um, so, and, and one of the verses says, and those are the days of vengeance on my people, and that they'll be, uh, they'll be taken into captivity in all the nations around the world, prison camps, just like World War II, right? And they'll be killed by the edge of the sword. Modern language, they'll die in battle. And the, and the Israeli military will put up the fiercest fight you've ever seen, right? But that war doesn't start on the day of the abomination of desolation because the armies are surrounding Jerusalem. What kind of armies might they be? Peacekeeping armies from the United Nations. Can you leave the city in safety? Yes. So they're not an aggressive army at that moment. And that's why you have to leave right now. Because pretty soon they're going to be an aggressive army and they're going to, you know, there's trickery. The beast power is full of trickery and, and subterfuge. And he's going to say, we're going to take care of you Israeli people. You will be safe under our rule. And then he'll turn those peacekeeping armies into attacking armies. And there'll be the Israeli military, you know, against the United Nations military. And they will lose, so says God. And then, if you read, and you have to kind of look at the Greek, I'm sorry, you have to look at the Hebrew, because it says, when the power of the holy people, all of us tend to think of spiritually holy people. But it was written to the nation of Israel, Daniel, the nation of Israel, and the holy people back then were the nation of Israel, the God's holy people were their Israel. So, so when the power of the holy people, God's holy people, Israel, is totally destroyed, no more power, no more military, no more government for Israel, and Jerusalem begins to be trodden underfoot for three and a half years by the Gentiles, and the Israeli people have gone into prison camps or been killed in war, and a few of them, you know, you know, God, New Testament believing people remember what Jesus said and they fled to the mountains and now they're living up in the mountains, right? So, so then Jerusalem for three and a half years becomes this, one of the center points for the beast power. And so it says from the, from the day, of, from the ending of the shattering of the power of God's holy people, three, let's see, 1260 days. Three and a half years, right? So there's like a 30-day period from the abomination of desolation to the end of the war that destroys the Israeli military. How long would that war be? They're fierce fighters. You know, so it's hard to say. But, but basically, it'll be wrapped up within 30 days from the abomination of desolation, which is why when you see the abomination of the desolation in the Holy Place, get out of town now, in the next 20 minutes. And, and you know, you'd also, you'd also think, well, you're not very merciful, Jesus, because you left your cloak over there, and the mountains are over there, and you're in the field here. He says, do not go that away to get your cloak that you might need in the mountains. Go that away to the mountains, because I'll take care of your cloak. I'll, I'll take care of you in the mountains. You know, God takes care of his people. So... Um, did, did I, is that, you see what I'm saying? So the abomination of desolation, 1,290 days to the end, 30 more days to the total destroying of the power of the holy people, three, um, three and a half years, 1,260 days to the end. And pretty much what Daniel is being told is how it ends. And those two numbers of days, and then we're given the 1,335, which I can't talk to you about because I don't know. <laughs> All right, so how it starts, abomination, desolation. Did, Steve, did you have a question? Um, my thought was, was in Matthew 24, 9, if you deliver you up to the uh, tribulation and kill you, you'll be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about today is that, that we are beginning to see um, the hatred for those who believe in the Word of God. Um, you know, they, they, they may not be in that time frame yet. Seems to now begin to hate 
anyone that believes in the Bible, Jews or Christians. So. Okay. Rather this, rather this, that, I'm yeah, now. You're, wa- you're watching TV in the future, and the two witnesses are in Jerusalem probably, and um, they can't be killed, so they're obviously aliens inhabiting human bodies, right? <laughs> so, and they are preaching this gospel. They're preaching out of the Bible. They're preaching the Saturday Sabbath. They're preaching the stuff we already know, most of it, right? Okay. Will they be accepted by most people on the planet? Will they be hated by most people on the planet? Okay. And at the end of uh, Revelation 11, it says, they give gifts. Those two nasty people are dead. And we're going to leave their rotten corpses in the streets of Jerusalem for three and a half days. And we're going to party. And we're going to give gifts to one another. And we're going to have such a good time. Until the three and a half days rolls out. And some young cub reporter is still there. It's three and a half days later. But he's watching the dead corpses. You know, Yes, it's been three and a half days. And there they are. Those two nasty people. And a voice from heaven says, come on up. And they go, oh. And they sit up. And they stand up, (laughs) and global TV goes wild. (laughs) Oh no, they're back! (laughs) And they rise up into the sky. So, um, essentially, if you agree with the two witnesses, you will be hated. And and if you're in the mountains, you're out of societal thing. Oh, quick story. Um, I was talking to a Frenchman not too long ago, and he was talking about his relatives parents and grandparents, they were in France and Germany had captured France and they were in a societal area and so they decided they would go and live in some caves. So they packed up a few bags and they snuck out of town and they went into the caves in the mountains in Normandy. How's that for cute turn? <laughs> Normandy is where they invaded. <laughs> when, the British, when the British and American invasion took place, it was in Normandy. So these people living in the caves were the first ones to meet the GIs. <laughs> they survived. You know? It's like, but, but they wanted to go to the caves where they'd be out of, away from everything. You know, and they actually went to where the big stuff was. But anyhow, okay, so uh, let's see, go to what will, okay, what will those in the mountains have to suffer? If, if, pray, uh, how many of you pray that it's not in the wintertime? Anybody here pray that prayer? Yeah, okay. Well, the book says pray. And it's like, well, I, it's not, I, it says your flight. And I'm not planning to make a flight because I'm not planning to be there. So those who are planning their flight, they, they can pray for it. Well, you pray for all of God's saints. Paul said, pray for all the saints everywhere. So, you know, um, let it not be in the wintertime. Why? Because it snows sometimes in the wintertime. And if you didn't take your cloak, Lack of food, you know, no tent, because you didn't go down to your house to pack a bag. Now, when should you go to the mountains? When should you pack a bag, get a tent, get a sleeping bag? When should you do that if you're in Jerusalem or in, in Judea? Well, now would be good, yeah. But, but the, the first day of the morning and evening sacrifices, which mean nothing to spiritual holy people, because Christ is the ultimate sacrifice. So they're going back in time, trying to please a back-in-time God, and they're ignoring the now modern God, Jesus. And and so Jesus says, you know, when when those two start, morning and evening sacrifices, it's only a matter of time before they'll be stopped by the abomination of desolation, which is last day, last chance. So when they start, you know, if me and my family, you know, if I had a young family, They'd be like, okay, kids, get your, get your toys, get your tent, get your sleeping bags. We're going to go live in the mountains in the summertime. Right? And it's like, tuk, tuk, up the mountains. Oh, here's a good cave. Let's and put up the tent. And here's a good cave. And, you know, take the goat and get some goat's milk and whatever. Um, so, so if you think it through, you don't want to be leaving on the last day. But if you're still there on the last day, the boss says, well, last chance. Get out of town now or else. Um, okay, was there a question? I'm sorry. All right, okay. Um, the next thing says, those in the mountains will not have to suffer uh, war. Because you know, the beast power, you can't buy and sell. When you're in the mountains, you don't need to buy and sell. There's, there's no grocery stores up in the mountains. 
you know, you fend for yourself and God, you know, God fed the children of Israel with manna. You know, God will take care of his people. So, um, <coughs> all right, next question. Um, all right, question six. What, what events will occur before the tribulation begins? I can hear you thinking. All right, we already talked about one of the events, starting in the morning and the evening sacrifices. What will it be? Okay, where will it be? When will it be? Uh, as the beast power person comes to power. Um, he comes in by intrigue. He has a small number of people, reminiscent of the last two world wars, right? <coughs> he will come to power and he will begin to establish his, his rule. And, you know, Satan has hated Jews. Actually, you know, Satan, Satan hates Christians and Jews. But in Germany in World War II... Hitler could not attack the Christians. Why? No, because most of the Germans were Christians. And he needed the German troops. So he attacked the, the Jews. Right? Jews were fair game during World War II. Right? Okay, so, um, all right, I lost my track. What was the question? Uh, Mark of the Beast. Okay, some people say it'll be electronic. When, the, when our world starts to crash, World War III occurs, nuclear detonation occurs, you know, when things start to crumble, we're not all going to be carrying, the cell phone towers will be down. You know, we're not all going to be having electronics. So in all probability, the African tribes, you know, people around the world, most people don't have what we have. So in all probability, it'll be, you know, in the Jews in World War II, they had, uh, what, a yellow star on their clothing, right, or something? Okay, it'll, it'll probably be a tattoo or something. So when you go into a grocery store to buy something, if you've got a tattoo, the mark up here, 666, whatever, right, or in your right hand, they say, oh, you're, you're part of the worship system, you can buy and sell. And you go in there and it's not there, show me your hand, it's not there, get out of here, or arrest this guy. You know? So in, in all probability, it'll be uh, less electronic and far, far more likely something you can actually see, because the grocery guy... You know, I mean, he just might be selling bananas on the corner street. You know, he might not have electronics. So, you know, I'm, I'm not saying there won't be any electronics because I still think Europe will still have airplanes and they'll still have automobiles. It's just some of the rest of the world won't have that. Yeah. Question? No? Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, what, what world events occur before the tribulation? Okay, beginning of sorrows. Jesus says, Matthew 24, verse 8. Says uh, all these are the beginning of sorrows, and then I think either the next verse or in some other place it says, and then comes the tribulation. So, um, but we're given very little information about the beginning of sorrow. It's, you know, it's like, is this a sorrowful world now? This is a horrible world. You know, I. You know, when I heard of people getting their heads cut off on TV, it's like, I could not stand. I didn't want to go see that. And, and they showed stills on the TV just before it happened. And, and I cringed and I said, oh boy, I hope they don't show the actual thing. I don't want to see it. I can't stand the barbarian, barbarianism, you know, the horror. You know, but, it, but it happens. Too many people have seen it and it happens. And, and you know, we're in a horrible, horrible world. So... Um, um, <coughs> Okay, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel. Daniel 11.40 says, at the time of the end, and then verse 42, uh, he stretches out his hand against the countries, many, many Middle Eastern countries. How many of you think there could be a World War III centered around the Middle East somewhere in the future? Anybody think that's possible? Okay, it's highly possible because everybody is saying, how do you kill ISIS? Oh, well, we drop a few bombs on them. No, yeah. <laughs> how do you kill ISIS? We send the Kurds to go get them. No. How do, you know, the military people know the answer. We put a strategic number of people in. We capture the oil fields. We cut off their supply of money. You know, we go get all our vehicles back. <laughs> That's one of our vehicles. Do we blow it up or do we capture it? You know, 
I mean, they got all our weaponry. It's like, <laughs> anyhow. Um, okay, so Egypt gets captured along with Libya, and verse 43 shows that it's a different kind of capture than you've seen in the Middle East in the last, you know, 20 years. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over the precious things of Egypt. And, and Egypt gets named, and Libya gets named, and, uh, you know, be, because these have always been there. Since the days of Abraham, Egypt was there, right? Egypt has always been Egypt, right? It's had different rulers and different empires and so on. So he'll have power over the gold and the silver and the oil. He'll, you know, he'll have power over Egypt. It'll be a, an invasion and a total capturing of Egypt, Libya, many Middle Eastern nations, why would we do that? Possibly because they're using weapons of mass destruction against us. Possibly because they're blowing up our, our fleets, aircraft carriers with all the support vehicles, uh, support ships. Trumpet number two blows up, right? Has to be a nuclear destination. I don't see how it can any be anything else. It destroys a third of the ships in the sea, which could have been conventional warfare, except that it kills a third of the creatures living in the sea. And then it turns a third of that sea into blood. Nuclear detonation. And the Russians invented that weapon years and years ago, and they've sold that weapon to the Chinese. So the Russians and Chinese have what they call a fleet killer weapon. And it's described in very brief terms in trumpet number two. Um, so, <coughs> let's see. Um, Verse, okay, verse 45 is fascinating. I think we just got time to hit on it briefly. Um, okay, if, if you go to your Bible and you start at Daniel chapter 10 and then you put a little X through the Numbers chapter 11 and you put a little X through the Numbers chapter 12 and you read Daniel 10, 11, and 12 as one piece of literature. If you do that, verse 45 of Daniel 11 says, He'll plant his tents in his palace between the seas of the glorious holy mountain, Israel, holy mountain, temple mount, Jerusalem, right? Yet he shall come to his end, and no one will help him. And the very next verse, even though in your Bibles it says chapter 12, and a lot of times when we see in our Bible it says, and now... We're going to a new situation, chapter 12. No, it's a continuation. It says, at that time. Now, how can chapter 12, verse 1 start with at that time without giving us a clue as to what time are you talking about? Well, you go back one verse. At the time that he comes to his end and no one will help him, at that time, there should be a time of trouble, as never was. What's that? What is that? What is that? Time of trouble has never been on the planet. What's that called? Total devastation. Total devastation. Great tribulation. Great tribulation. <laughs> right? So, what happens immediately before the great tribulation? Verse 45. Because it says, he shall come to his end. At that time, there will be a time of trouble such as there never was. Right? So that's an event that occurs before the tribulation occurs. So before it starts is verse 45. And it's, and it's verified by the beginning of chapter 12, verse 1, at that time. And you have to answer the question, what do you mean at that time? You go back one verse. And when this... When this uh, event occurs, that's when the tribulation begins. So, so, you know, Jesus, how many, think of, how many of you think it was Jesus talking to Daniel in chapter 10, 11, and 12? Anybody think that? Just me. One, two, okay. A couple of us. All right, three. Okay. So, it's Jesus. The earlier visions were Gabriel. But chapter 10, it's Jesus. You know, and, and, uh, and, and he says, okay, Lord, I don't understand. That's okay. Write it down, and it'll be understood at the end time. 
So, so, and then what did Jesus say in Matthew 24? He said, uh, anybody remember exactly how it goes? He said, uh, abomination of desolation, parenthesis, as mentioned by Daniel the prophet, let him who reads understand. Well, how are you going to understand what Daniel wrote? Go back and study it. Well, okay, but if you're not studying it, I mean, how did Daniel get, how, you know, Daniel, <laughs> see, God played a, you know, Daniel, Daniel says, I'm going to set my face because I've just discovered by reading Jeremiah, or Isaiah, yeah, Jeremiah, that there's 70 years in captivity in Babylon. Lord, I need more information. I will set my face and I will fast and pray until God, you send me some more information. And, and three weeks later, 21 days worth of fasting, you know, the, the, um, the messenger shows up and says, your first words on the first day that you began to fast were heard in heaven. And they said, oh, Daniel has just begun fasting and just begun praying. And his words are, I need more information. Why don't you go visit him and give him some more information? 21 days later... You know, he gives him the information. But then right at the end of chapter 12, he says, enough information already. It's not for you, Daniel, in your century to understand this stuff. It's for those at the end time. And then Jesus, you know, 2,000 years ago, wrote in Matthew 24, let him who you know, reads Daniel, let him understand. And, and so how many, how many of you think prophecy is shut and there'll be no more revelation? Anybody think that? Surely the two witnesses, won't, won't they have some inside information that we haven't understood yet? Surely, you know. Um, so, so anyhow, it's like, any questions? We're getting near the end of, the trapdoor is about to open, I think. So, no questions? Uh, last two trumpets were, okay. Do trump, uh, question eight. Do trumpets one through four occur before the tribulation? Anybody? Anybody? Yes? Anybody got a yes on that one? A yes there? One yes, two yeses, three, a nod? Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, why do I say that? Because if you will read trumpet number five, woe number one, it says, the trumpet sounds, and I saw a star fall from heaven with a key. And the key went down to the bottomless pit, the, the, the messenger, went down to the bottom of his pit, and he unlocked the door of the bottom of his pit. And then it reveals, a little bit later, a few verses later, that the king, over woe number one, trumpet number five, the five months worth of seeking death and can't find death, the king over all that activity is Satan, the devil himself, out of the bottom of his pit. So the first four trumpets appear to be man-made. We can do that kind of stuff easily, right? But trumpet number five, the king over trumpet number five, and therefore trumpet number six, because Satan the devil, who is released from the bottomless pit, gives his power and his throne and his authority to who? Who? The beast. So the beast is like Hitler on steroids. He's, you know, Hitler, I firmly believe Hitler was was um, possessed by Satan, all right? And from the, some of the historical references of his generals, is you know, when Hitler was speaking, you're, you're terrified of what might happen next, you know? So, so, you know, the beast power is going to be Hitler on steroids because Satan has given him his throne, which I don't understand, and his power. And, and Satan comes on the scene at trumpet number five, and trumpets number five and trumpet number six, uh, the first and second woe. And then Jesus shows up and says, it's time for the third woe. <laughs> and if you're on the beast team, here comes the third woe. <laughs> and they, you know, they, the sun is hot and it scorches them and they blaspheme and uh, the, um, asteroids fall, things fall from the sky <laughs> that weigh like 100 pounds, like a 100 pound sack of potatoes. How'd you like to be hit by one of them? break a leg or two, you know, 
Um, it's, you know, the third woe, the seven last plagues are going to be horrible for the beast powers people. And, and, and then there'll be Israelites and probably saints in captivity in prison camps and Jesus comes and has the second exodus and releases them all from prison and brings them into the, you know, the millennium. Glorious time. Do, do you feel that's part of that is what God is going to bring upon, upon the earth? That you're talking about in Revelation? Some of those things, I mean, looks like to me that only, only God can bring them about. The seven last plagues? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The wrath of God. You don't think that's involved in the tribulation? You think that's only three and a half years or not? Well, but, but we're, 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 okay, as the tribulation ends, we might not have mentioned it, but the beast and false prophet are thrown in the lake of fire. And Satan gets locked up. Right? And Battle of Armageddon, which is the tail end, which is, which is bowl number seven, last plague, the seventh plague, Right? So, so the beast power um, gets the seven last plagues, the wrath of God pour out on them until the, the beast and the false prophet are thrown in the lake of fire. Satan is locked up and the battle of Armageddon destroys all the warriors. And then it's time to invite the Muslims in Egypt to come to the Feast of Tabernacles. I suppose they'll be eager to go to a Jewish festival site in the Jewish capital of the world, Jerusalem, and worship a Jewish festival and serve a Jewish king, they might not come. So they might not get rain for a year. And Jesus will say, hey, you can have rain if you come and worship at the Feast of Tabernacles. Yeah? How do you understand that? The everybody on the face of this earth is going to come go to Jerusalem? I think it'll be, I think it'll be ambassadors. In the Old Testament, there's a prophecy somewhere that says, they, they send their representatives or their, you know, and, and um, you know, the, lead, the leadership. Whoever's the town council and whoever's the governor and whoever's left in charge of what's left of the civilizations. Don't you, you feel it's going to be somewhat of a agrarian back, revert back to a type of an agrarian society? Because the majority of people, you feel that way too, that about the population will be left alive so and everything's going to be just looks like to me everybody most people are going to be in survival mode don't you feel that way oh yeah well one scripture says that that uh let's see seven women will be they'll find a guy and they'll say we want to marry you you'd be <laughs> it's like you know because because there's devastation you know and and there'll be dead bodies lying on the mountains of jerusalem for seven for seven months, and people be going, "Hey, another dead body over here," you know, and they have a cleanup crew. Um, but, but essentially, what do children and grandchildren and parents need more than anything else? They need groceries. They need groceries. So, so you know, God is going to help them get groceries. We're going to help them get groceries. You know, some of us will be kings over five cities and ten cities, and that's all we're told. So, presumably, one city and. You know, whatever. The, the plan is we have power over the nations. Do you feel this nation is going to be nuked? Um, okay, this is, this is Ian's supposition, so do not take this to the bank. Okay, Ian feels like Russia and China will be nuked. They're going to get into it? They're going to nuke each other? No. No? No. The, the, the scripture you need to look at is Daniel 11:44. Okay, where it says, "The one who captured the Middle East and Egypt hears news from the north of where he is in Jerusalem and from the east of where he is in Jerusalem, and the two mighty military powers north and east of Jerusalem are Russia and China, and he goes forth with fury and utterly destroys them. And then he sets up his camp or his palace or his headquarters between the holy mountain and the seas. And then he comes to his end. Where do the trade winds, where does the jet stream blow from that comes to America? Changes all the time, then, all the way around face the earth. I mean, all the way up on the earth. Alaska, Russia, Siberia, right? If you look at the trade winds of the world, like, okay, the, the chicken, the chicken, okay, the bird flu, bird flu, right? 
They were concerned that bird flu will get atomized and come across to America, come across Alaska and down with the jet stream. So, so I don't know how America ends, but uh, in all probability, there'll be radioactivity coming on the jet stream. But that's just a guess. All right, so last question, and we're going to wrap it up. See, people are already leaving. <laughs> See, no more questions. That's great. And, and we've got a Bible study for future, right? After the, after the millennium, right? What happens after the millennium? All right. Thank you so much for your participation. And, uh, you know, if you see it in Scripture, take it to the bank. If you don't see it, don't worry about it.